Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Welcome back to the Corner of Truth and Courage. You're listening to Fortress of Faith. This is Tom Wallace. Well, yesterday I kind of shared with you something a little radical in a point of view, and this is just a, a thought. I I don't have a lot to share with you to say there's evidence of what I'm going to say. I'm making a supposition here. There's a man who's in the Middle East today who I think is in a great position to fulfill the role of the Antichrist. And I'm not saying this is going to be the man, but it will be someone like him, someone that fits these positions. I've been laying out a case for a long time that the Antichrist is going to come from the Muslim community. It makes no sense that the Roman Catholic Church needs to make peace with Israel. They're not at war with Israel. All the nations that are at war with Israel are at war with her because of Islam. Muhammad wanted the destruction of the Jews. He preached for it. He lived for it. And Muslims who were faithful to following the call of, uh, of their prophet Muhammad are going to carry that out as well. So we're seeing, you know, that, that logically it would come from Islam. I have a biblical case for it as well. The biblical case is this. The term antichrist, every time it's used, it's used for a teaching. It's used for a spirit, not the man. We call the man Antichrist, but the Bible does not. The Bible speaks to a doctrine that is preached that is Antichrist. Five times the term Antichrist is mentioned in the epistles of John. First John, Second John is where you're going to find it. And every time there is a doctrine that is mentioned, I don't have the time to break this down. We've covered this many times on our broadcast, so I'm just going to give you a brief, brief overview but the doctrines are the denial of the deity of Jesus Christ, but it goes further. It's the denial of uh, he that is Antichrist denieth the Father and the Son. There are many religions out there that deny the deity of Jesus Christ. It's faulty. It is false teaching to do so. Very clearly, Jesus, uh, the, the God took on flesh and dwelt amongst us. Jesus was the man, the, the man God. God who became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Jesus didn't become God. He was God from the beginning and took on flesh and dwelt amongst us. And five times he was accused of blasphemy because he clearly was you know, making that communication that I'm God. And they said, well, that's blasphemy for man to say that he's God. Well, it would be for any other man, but not for Jesus. There's one religion that not only denies the deity of Christ, but denies God being a father and that there's only one religion that does that, that denies the Father and the Son, and that is Islam. It's one of the founding teachings of Islam. If you go to uh, Israel today and go to the Dome of the Rock, north, south, east, and west, it re-quotes from chapter 114 of the Quran, Allah neither begets nor is begotten. God neither has children. He can't be a father that way if you don't have children. He can't be a father, and nor does he have a son, nor is there a son of God. So it denies 
the Father and the Son. As I said, it's a hallmark teaching of Islam and that only fits Islam. There's other things that we have have aligned and that's for another time or go to our previous broadcast and find that. The man that is in Saudi Arabia, the young prince, the crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, Prince Salman, he is showing to me a statesmanship. He is a world-class statesmanship. I've been admiring him for some time. But what he seems to be doing is moving his nation further away from fundamentalism, moving it into a moderate type of Islamic living. And it's and it's bringing prosperity to the country. That's what he's about. He wants prosperity. With prosperity becomes more human, you know, uh, sinful living, immorality, and all that type of stuff. You see stuff that going on in Islamic countries that are moderate, and that's where he's moving Saudi Arabia. They has vision, what he calls Vision 2030, and to be the leading nation of tourism in that area. And in to do so, they need to normalize relations with Israel. Does the Islamic faith permit moderate style of living? No, it doesn't. Then people might say, well, how then, why are you saying that this man could could be a, a picture of the Antichrist? Well, the Antichrist is going to come out at first purporting himself as something that he's not. He's not going to sell to the world, I'm the agent of the devil. I'm the agent of destruction. No, he's going to sell himself as a friend to the world and a friend to Israel and and so on there. He's got to be able to bring people together. Now, he probably is going to be guided by like the Apostle Paul in this way. Stay with me. The Apostle Paul said, I am all things to all men that I might win some. In other words, I'm not going to be offensive to everybody. Uh, there, I'm going to try to, uh, to, to be friendly to as many people as I can that I might be able to win some. I'm not going to make compromises. I'm not going to. Now, some people use that. Well, we need to be like the world and all that kind of stuff and make compromises. No, Paul never did that. But his attitude, I'm that I'm all things to all men that I might win some. The Antichrist is going to take almost the same kind of view, but he's going to have a different twist to it. I'm going to be all things to all men that I might be able to deceive all. <laughs> you know, I'm going to look like I'm everybody's friend because in the end, I'm going to end up deceiving everybody. Because that's exactly what the Antichrist will do. And one of the things I think that the Antichrist will probably do, how will he create now? By the way, the saints, the true saints that are believers today will not be here when all this happens. We'll be gone up in the rapture. Now, some say, you know, that uh, rapture is going to ha- happen halfway through the tribulation or at the end of the tribulation. I believe they have a faulty interpretation and approach to the Bible to get to those conclusions. But nevertheless, when he comes at first, he's going to make a seven-year peace agreement with Israel and break it halfway through. And He's going to desecrate the temple. So that tells us that the temple will be rebuilt. So um, imagine this. 
if you've ever been to Israel and if you've ever been to the Temple Mount or have ever seen pictures of the Temple Mount, usually it's from a higher location. That picture is from the Mountain of Olives. That's a higher elevation looking over the, uh, the Temple Mount. And you'll see there's lots of real estate up there. And there's a place where you have the Eastern Gate. The Eastern Gate is, and in front of that is a little valley down there, and there's a graveyard down there. It's a Muslim graveyard. Let me explain what happened there. Those walls that are standing, that are there today, were not there for over a thousand years. Suleiman the Great built them in the year 1500 and something. I can't remember what year, uh, but in the mid-1500s. And he was a Muslim, and and he rebuilt. They had control of the Levant and Jerusalem and all that area. And, uh, and they rebuilt the walls. And then, of course, the, the Alaska Mosque has been there for some time. The uh, Dome of the Rock, which is a Muslim uh, monument to where Muhammad had his night journey up into heaven. Uh, he ascended up into heaven there, uh, according to their uh, teachings. And so these are holy places to Muslims. They're already there. But, of course, the Jews used to have their temple there before it was destroyed by the Romans in 70 A.D., I imagine that if we have a peace agreement being brought, what if the Antichrist says to the Jews, you know what, there's plenty of room up there for you to build your temple. Let's let, The Muslims already have their location. Let's let you build your temple. Build it in front of the Eastern Gate. And if you look at it, 300 feet to the north is where the Eastern Gate is. There's plenty of room there. For them to build the temple, probably not everything like the, you know, the, the the yard for the Gentiles and stuff there, but enough for what was uh, there before uh, could be erected. And we're told by the Temple Institute that everything's ready to be built and placed and put in position there. And so let's imagine that that's there, and I think that's the rightful location. There's a reason why Suleiman the Great built the gate where he did. I believe the foundations of where it was what led him to build the gate there. At first, he opened up the gate. It was opened up. Then he got word that, you know, the Christians believe that Jesus is returning and that he's going to enter in through that gate. And so they sealed it up. They bricked it up. And, it's you know, after it was built, it was closed up. And then they, for good measure, because a holy man, they believe, a holy man cannot walk amongst the dead. They put a Muslim a cemetery right there to prevent Jesus from returning and passing through that gate. Well, I believe Jesus, because he's God, can do anything he wants, and that gate will be opened when he comes. I guarantee you that. But I imagine also that the Antichrist will say to the remaining so-called Christians that are part of the apostate Christian churches that, that are in our world, and will say to them who didn't go up in the rapture, um, hey, you Christians, why don't you come and build your uh, your cathedral up here too. Let's have all the Abrahamic faiths worship on the Temple Mount. Now, what kind of a man in the Jewish world, what kind of man in the Islamic world could carry out something like that? I think someone who's a young, dynamic um, speaker like I am seeing in MBS and from a place of great prestige in the Islamic world, 
I mean, whoever controlled Saudi Arabia has great influence in the Middle East. They just do because of the prominence and the importance of Saudi Arabia to the Muslim world. 1.8 billion Muslims would follow a man like MBS. And many of the Muslims in the world have been taught a moderate form of Islam and the stamping out of the radicals and all that um, could be achieved under a man like him. But would it be the real man? That Would that be his real belief? No, because he will show his true colors halfway through that tribulation period. And so as I've been listening to Muhammad bin Salman, and I normally don't go out and make predictions like this. I really don't. But it's just something that came to me as I was listening to his interview with Brett Baer, thinking, man, he has a silver tongue. He is well-spoken. He is good-looking. He is impressive. He is making great reforms in Saudi Arabia, and he is growing in popularity in that region. And, uh, and as I said, it just occurred to me, wow, wouldn't it be interesting if someone like that rose to great prominence in that area? That's exactly what we would see of the Antichrist. And so I'm, you know, I want to be careful that you understand. I'm not saying he's he is it, but someone like him would perform in that manner. And for that, I think it's something important for us to pay attention to. All right. Well, that's going to be it for today. I hope that some of the my ramblings would be a help to you here today. Hope you'll join us again tomorrow at the corner of truth and courage. God bless you.